e te rangatira jau, e te kahurangi aroha, tēnei mātou, e tangi apukura nei ki a kōrua. Hoki hoki mai rā. Welcome to the Hui Māori Current Affairs for all New Zealanders. E taroa kenei. It's the third world disease that's menacing Māori communities. One more day and I would have been in the ground. It shouldn't be happening in 2022. We're on the front line in the fight against rheumatic fever. It's one of the worst things you would want to hear, that one of your um, kids in your gura has come back positive for rheumatic fever. And you know that you tried everything to prevent it. Then we speak to the newly elected chair of Ngāti Kahunganu. And we check out the whānau-led project housing a new generation of Ratana Pā kids. For a lot of people this is going to be life-changing. It's a dream that they've always had in their lives and now it's going to be a reality. Tahutimai. Rheumatic fever is a deadly disease which can leave tamariki with lifelong heart damage, joint swelling and respiratory illness. For the last 10 years, Tūhoi organisation Tūhoi Haura has worked hard to prevent it through its Flax Roots screening programme. But in 2022, why is rheumatic fever still such a risk to tamariki? And what challenges is the COVID pandemic posing for Māori communities? Taneatua in the eastern Bay of Plenty is the gateway to the heartland of Tuhoi and the base for local health provider Tuhoi Hauora. Did you have a medicine coffee or no? No. Well, I have the plasters. Do you have the prepads? Yeah. One of its longest-running services is its rheumatic fever screening programme. When I first started, I was whaikorokoro. That's not my name. <laughs> now everybody is your niece, nephew at the schools. It doesn't matter what school you go to. Hi, auntie. Kaimahi Dolly Thrupp and Aroha Tepa are on the front line leading the programme. Today they're gearing up for a busy day of visiting Kura, where they carry out swab tests. We go twice a week to all our seven schools, as far as Nukuhau that way and Waiohau that way, which can take us pretty much all day to go around to all our schools. Their first stop is at Te Kura Oroatoke. They're testing for strep throat which can develop into rheumatic fever if left untreated. Rheumatic fever is a deadly sickness, causing lifelong heart damage, joint swelling and respiratory illness. That's one of the worst things you would want to hear that one of your um, kids in your gura has come back positive for rheumatic fever. And you know that you tried everything to prevent it. 
This red line shows Māori hospitalisation rates for rheumatic fever. While other ethnic groups' hospitalisation rates dropped during the pandemic, Māori rates remained unchanged. This is a, a disease of those in low economic situations with poor housing um, and poor healthcare outcomes. Hi, five Marama. How are we today? Thank you. Marama Stewart is the principal of Te Kura Utaneatua, a decile one kura where strep throat infections are high. Can anyone, if you have a sore kuru kuru, if you have a sore throat, come into the office now and the team will check your my kuru kuru. I was at a decile nine school for seven years. No one ever had rheumatic fever there. Thank you. Moving here, um, coming and finding we have a rheumatic team that screens, it was a huge learning curve on what the effect rheumatic fever has on many of our whanau. That impact is children missing kura, being hospitalised with rheumatic fever and having to receive painful monthly bisulin injections until they're 21 years old. It's the worst feeling in the world and most of our staff have had to, over the years, support children getting the injections here. It's pretty awful. But she knows it would be much worse without the rheumatic screening team. The providers of the screening are what's keeping us above water. Tuhoi Hauora first launched the screening program in 2012, where it was led by Tina Biddle, better known as Nanny Sunshine. When we first started, the first week, we were getting like 30 strip throats, 30, which, which is quite huge, you know. She works alongside her uri, Henare Ruru, and Topaya Pryor, who both had rheumatic fever as children. I was eight years old when I was diagnosed with rheumatic fever. My queer, they back then put Vicks in my nose and Vicks down my <laughs> mouth. I think it was the wrong way to do things. Yeah. But hey, at the time, she was adamant that it was the right way. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. It was her on the way. Yeah, That's how queer is yeah. I? was diagnosed when I was 11, a um, little bit late. Mm, yeah. So one more day and sure. I would have been in the ground, pretty much. Hopaya Pryor's battle to stay alive planted the seed for the screening program. When she first became sick, doctors struggled to find out what was wrong with her. It wasn't until my mother had taken me to my kuia and they did a healing on me, gave me a mirimiri, gave me some runoa Māori and told my mother, you need to take her to the hospital, it's something to do with her heart. She had rheumatic fever, but her symptoms went undiagnosed to the point her face started to swell. So we were freaking out and we were rushed to A&E. They took me in straight away and my heart had actually enlarged and it was sitting under my armpit and I had fluid in my liver so they had to drain it all day, it took all day. And after all of that was done, I was put on a chopper and sent straight to Starship. For her mum, Hannah Harawira, who was a health professional, it was a devastating blow. She was just so broken. She was so sad, sad for me. Yeah, I really felt that. But her mum was glad to finally have answers and lead her daughter's recovery. 
So context sport was a big no-no. Mm. Um, yeah. But I listen, that's another story. <laughs> Hannah quickly got to work setting up the rheumatic fever screening program in 2012. She passed away in 2015, but the legacy of her mahi lives on. So Hannah was so passionate after what happened to Hopaya, because we saw Hopaya when, you know, when she was saying, oh, it was yeah, painful to watch Hannah and see her go through that. The zipper scar from Hopaya Pryor's heart operation has almost faded, but she's proud of the mark her mum's left on her hapori. It's a nice, warm feeling. And especially the people that are still doing it and to see that they're still passionate about their mahi and still working hard and going into the schools. Ten years on, Marama Stewart says the COVID pandemic is presenting a new set of challenges. I think it's double-edged sword. All of the extra hygiene measures, um, social distancing, um, that has helped somewhat to stop spread but it also means kids who may be sick haven't been at school because of lockdowns and haven't had access to that screening. In 2021, the government announced funding of $10 million to create a vaccine to prevent strep throat and in turn, rheumatic fever. But with vaccine hesitancy high amongst whānau, Marama Stewart believes her community won't take it up. I think, again, the vaccine will be taken up by the affluent, rich communities again, as it did for the, um, the COVID vaccines, and, and our communities will miss out again. You wish that we wouldn't have a job in the next 10 years, but the way our communities are and how we live, I doubt it'll ever go away. Dolly Thrupp and Aroha Tepa know the job to keep rheumatic fever out of their rohe isn't done. We live and breed it here, you know, in Tuhoi. We community people. Doesn't just stop when we leave the door at five o'clock. But they're doing all they can to protect their people. You can hand out so many pamphlets, but I think being a part of the community, knowing them is more than a piece of paper. We've got no future without our kids, and our kids are just as important and will make as great an impact, if allowed to, as the rich whānau. Give me that. Na John Boynton, Tirari Puata. Ingani Tonei, ka huakitato kitipa oratana, motete hikaupapa hanga fare. As Māori home ownership continues to plummet, one whānau has taken matters into their own hands, developing their very own low-cost papakainga. Soon, nine Manotu Whanganui families will move into their very own whare, a dream that's been achieved on a wing and a prayer. Kia tahuria ke tātou. Ratana, population 345. It's most famous as the birthplace of Prophet Tahupotiki Wiramuratana. His spectacular church, the centerpiece of this tiny town. 
It's the kind of place where kids still roam free and everyone knows each other. Paula, what was it like growing up at the park? Oh, it was, it was cool. We used to just go running through creeks. It's a lot of fun out here. It's freedom, eh? It's, yeah. real, it's true freedom, I yeah, reckon. It's safe. It's a life Troy Tamo and his wife Paula want for their three tamariki. But until now, it's been impossible to buy a house here. T.W. Ratana originally owned all the whenua in the area, but he slowly sold it off to pay for his overseas missions. That means the pa has been pretty much landlocked, making it hard for successive generations to build their own whare here. Is that the dream, to live back on the part in your own whare? Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, we're very excited. Now. It's a dream that's been a dream for generations, eh? You know, our parents' dream, their parents' dream, yeah. and it'll hopefully it'll be our kids' dream, hopefully. Now the dream of owning their own home is about to become a reality. It's all been made possible by Paola's cousin, Talia Anderson Town, and her husband Cameron, who run an accountancy firm. And we'll construct the fences along there once the properties are built. What I want to see is children playing with each other, children coming together in a community, loving the lifestyle that they can have. You know, all the families have got kids and um, you just to see them running around happy in their own home rather than renting and stuff like that, I think that's going to be... It will bring joy to all of us, I think. About seven years ago, Talia and Cameron convinced a local farmer to carve off a slice of land on the edge of town so they could build their own home. But then they saw an opportunity for the wider whānau. We also noticed that the, the sections next door to us were far beyond the reach of a lot of the people that were living in the community. They were expensive. Um, they were big. And so from our perspective, we thought, oh, we could, you know, purchase those blocks of land with the opportunity to be able to create a community right next to us. They ended up buying five sections and are now building nine low-cost homes that'll be priced below $375,000. Even if it's only just nine homes, you know, maybe it might be a model that other people can use around the country to get first home buyers into their own home, especially into a community that they can relate to as well. Everything is being done at cost, with the couple not making a cent on the development. For a lot of people, this is gonna be life-changing. It's going to have a massive impact on them. It's a dream that they've always had in their lives, and now it's going to be a reality. We have the cup of petrol as well, don't forget. Despite the low cost, it still hasn't been easy for the new homeowners. It's our rates, it's our insurance. Talia has put her accountancy skills to the test, helping everyone save for their new whare. It's been a long process for them. A lot of them have had to change the way they spend. A lot of them have actually moved back in with their whānau to be able to save so that they can have that deposit. So a lot of them have made um, sacrifices so that they can have that deposit and that certainty to be able to buy that home. You got band practice and I just got karate practice. In Troy and Paola's case, that sacrifice meant moving back to her parents' whare, which was already packed to the rafters. We took 12 to 15 people living in one house, one bathroom. But, you know, there's a goal at the end of it. 
There's a big goal, you know, there's a big, there's a gold at the end of the rainbow sort of thing. Can you share with us, you know, how much you've had to save? Close to 100,000 saved, I'd say, from a thankful for living here. That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations, all, well yeah. done. And that's all to the help of her parents, really, for whānau. free living, free, whānau free living, yeah. Well, this is our big chunk of dirt right here. With services in the ground, work is finally about to begin on the development, which has been delayed multiple times by COVID. It's all been a steep learning curve for Talia and Cameron, with raw materials skyrocketing and council costs high. It is challenging. It shouldn't be this hard. You know, everyone should be able to own their own home. You know, banks should be able to lend to first home buyers. And I think we need a system where we make it easier in New Zealand. Now the final plans have been signed off. This is a three bedroom, so that's a front shot and uh, that's a back shot of what the home is going to look like. Nine whanau are about to get brand new homes. An incredible achievement by Talia and Cameron that will benefit generations of Ratanapa kids to come. It's got a nice size garage, all open plan living. You know, there's a housing shortage and, you know, I can't fix that housing shortage, but I think as a community, as a whole, maybe there are many people out there that can help do what I'm doing as well. So making dreams a reality for whānau who can live in their own home. <laughs> you know, what do you imagine when you think about what would you be doing in 10 years together? I imagine that it'll be like us growing up, hey, Kids, hopefully they're all out on the road playing together. And I'd say that'll probably be Talia's dream too, yeah. to have all the kids just, you know, you have your street full of kids. all our babies, growing up with all their cousins out here is awesome. Ko tupu te pā harakeke. Ka rawe, akonei ka kōrero māua ko te heamana o Ngāti Kahumunu. For the first time in quarter of a century, Ngāti Kahunganu Iwi Incorporation has a new chair. Hastings District Councillor Baden-Baba won the triennial election last month, deposing Ngāhiwi Tōmoana, who had the lead, uh, who led the iwi for 25 years. The Hawke's Bay Wairarapa based tribe is the third largest by head of population. It's also been active in opposing the uplift of Tamariki Māori by Oranga Tamariki, as well as taking court action alongside Ngaitahu, seeking rangatiratanga over fresh water. To share his vision for Ngāti Kahungunu, I'm joined now by, uh, from Waimarama by Baden Barber, tēnā koe te tūngane. Tēnā koe te tūhene, tēnā tēnā tātou. Kia ora, mai wairō ki wairarapa he tino rahi tō rohe, a hoi nō he koe nō roto o Ngāti Kahungunu? Tupoke nei au i Waimarama nei, Te taha moana o heretanga, no rere koera tōku tūranga waiwai. Engari tōku kuia no te wairapa, te taha tōku māma, tōku kuia, te taha tōku pāpa no te wairua. No rere kei te paipanga atu ki ngā tōpito katoa o Ngāti Kahungunu. Kia ora, ko roa ngā hiwi tōmoana i noho ana hei māngai mō te iwi. Hoi nō he tīmatanga hau tēnei mō, ko whakarite koe he rautake hau? 
Ai, ai, ko da tāku i kōrero nei te wāotaku huri haere i tō tata nei rohinga o Ngāti Kahungunu. I te kōrero wai mo tēnei me te kotahitanga, te whakakao tanga o tō tata nei iwi, kia tūpakari i ai tātou, i mua te kāwanatanga, i mua i ngā kaunihera, era tūmoma rōpū. Nō reira, kia au nei, ko te anga whakamuatanga o Ngāti Kahungunu, ka tino hānga atu ki tēnei me te kotahitanga. Fisheries, horticulture, along with technology and tourism, you know, they seem to be staples for Ngāti Kahungunu. But in recent years, the iwi has led the calls for government to devolve power and funding to basically get out of the way, particularly in areas like Oranga Tamariki Child Welfare. Is that still a focus? Yeah, it is definitely a focus. But I think, as I mentioned earlier, about bringing our people together, we have a we have a really big uh, rohe from uh, Pari to Kituraki Rai, uh, Te Wairo to uh, Wairarapa. And uh, our, our treaty settlements have been settled differently in terms of um, our hapu have, have led those. And so we have a number of uh, settlements up and down our rohe. Uh, but I think in terms of going forward, uh, there's an opportunity to come together uh, so that uh, when we need to move, in terms of government uh, interactions, local government interactions, we can move together. And I think that's where the strength of Ngāti Kahungunu will be in the future. And, uh, you know, the ability to attract greater benefit, uh, benefits back to our marae, hapu and whānau. Yeah, what are some of those benefits? Um, you know, what, what are you thinking? So, well, I mean, we, we, we at the moment, we are currently working through uh, a health reform, uh, three waters reform, uh, the RMA reform. Uh, so all of those uh, impact our, our, our whānau. And uh, the opportunity to, uh, and if, you, if you're talking about Oranga Tamariki, to put the pau in the ground, to say, these are the aspirations, these are our values, and uh, you know, these are expectations of government departments and, um, and others. Uh, if you want to work with us, because we certainly want to work together, but they need to be under those terms. So yeah, I think uh, the opportunities uh, are there together. And collectively, if you look at our, our treaty settlements up and down our rohe, it's, a, it's about half a billion. And, and being able to um, uh, mobilise that, uh, to unify that, you know, I think uh, the opportunities are, are really, really are endless for our people. Kapai, uh, also Ngāti Kahungunu has made you know great strides in the area of the revitalisation of Te Reo Māori. What are your vision for Te Reo for Te Reo Māori, our, our vision is that Ngāti Kahungunu uh, is, is thriving. Our, our whānau hapū are, um, are speaking out ill. Our, our marae are uh, illustrating how that needs to be done, uh, you know, in, in our ōkawa uh, settings, uh, but also ōpaki, you know, just uh, our, our whānau being able to speak and, and kōrero, uh, ngā Uh, you know, but I think it comes back to a hapu, a whānau level, the Timata Mai Kona. Waimaru has been a, a, um, a community that have been pohara in, in decades past uh, when it came to Te Reo. Uh, but, it, you know, it's about coming together, having a plan. We had a 25-year plan, which comes up in 2026. And, uh, you know, 
replicating that around our rohe. So uh, the iwi is there to support, but if we can get our, our whānau and hapu taking those strides um, uh, initially, I think kei uh, reira te oranga ake o tō tātou reo Māori. I tērā marama i te tangihana o Moana uh, Jackson i kitia i tātou te tū a te wāhine i ringi i te marae. Uh, I tautoko hea hea o whakaaro ki tērā. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that was a, um, a uh, pretty controversial. I mean, we have had wāhine uh, kōrero i ringi te pai i ngā wāomua. So it's not a new thing for Kahununu. However, in saying that, uh, it's been a while since we've had that practice um, used on our marae. So, um, but uh, you know, I think it's 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 an opportune time to have that kōrero. and I think uh, Matahiwi kind of um, uh, uh, revitalised uh, that practice. Uh, but we need to have a wider kōrero amongst ourselves around, you know, uh, kawa and tikanga. Uh, and uh, just to see how everyone's feeling at the moment around that because you know we don't all agree uh, on, on, on some things and so it's an opportunity to have that uh, that wānanga. I think that would be really important. What, was it refreshing to listen to? Yeah, I, I heard a couple of the kōrero and um, you know, he mea hau tēnā I've never seen the woman speak on the there's a marae out here uh, before, personally, uh, even though, you know, some of our kaumātua have had that experience. But uh, he mea hau, kia hau, and uh, I think to, to most of the people that were at that tangihanga. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think we should be, be afraid of um, of having that, that kōrero. Uh, it needs to be had, though. And, uh, you know, there's, there's two sides of the story, and I've heard, heard both sides uh, since that tangi, um, you know, people expressing how they feel about it. So, um you know, I think uh, as an iwi or Ngāti Kahunganu, mm. eh, ko taiki te wākia, kia kōrero tahi ai tātou, i tērā kaupapa, and, and maybe the motu. Tēnā um, koe. It's, it's time, yeah. Tēnā koe te tūngāne, kia ora. Kia ora, kia nā. Hei tērā wiki, he kaupapa haora. Next week on The Hui. Why did you want to talk to us? I want to share my story about heart disease. Okay, <laughs> 20 years old and fighting for her life, Leticia Poharama is crippled with an inherited heart condition that took the life of her twin brother. They're only babies and they shouldn't have had to go through this. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of premature death among Māori, double the rate of Pākehā. One of the key reasons is that currently the health system does not treat Māori uh, or Pacifica or other minority groups equitably compared to non-Māori. Next week, an intimate look into Letitia's struggle. Sometimes I think, why us? Why me and my brother? Ko hikina te hui mō tēnei rā, paimarire kia tātou katoa.
te reo te take. Nā te puna whakatongarewa te hui i tautoko.